I wanted to start off by sharing with you guys that I got a bunch of messages from the first episode that I did about fear and I absolutely love them. People were either telling me about their own experiences with fear or they were telling me that they felt inspired to go for that thing that they really wanted that they had been holding back on. And it's just an amazing feeling when I hear so many stories from people that are moving fears out of their way to get the thing that they want. But one thing that I noticed when I was going through all of the testimony was that a lot of what was said also had to do with confidence. And when I realized that, I got excited because for those of us that are navigating growth, this is the perfect second topic for us. And let me tell you why I say that. If you go looking online for tips on how to develop your confidence, let me give you a sample of some things that you'll see. You'll see that you need to exercise, say your positive affirmations, prioritize your self-care, let go of negativity, keep track of your wins, and always be prepared. That's a sample, right? And I think we can agree that those things are important. And I think that all of those things do help build confidence. But let me ask you, if it was as simple as executing the items on that list, why are so many of us still struggling with confidence? Let's consider this. The place that sits between us not feeling confident and us understanding the steps that we need to take to gain confidence is the middle spot. And it's often ignored But that is the spot that controls our desire to take the actions that we need to take to develop this area. Let's get into it. The Fields Effect. That middle spot that I'm referring to is made up of the fears, the doubts, and the insecurities that are blocking us from moving towards our goal of operating in full confidence in every single area of our life. Okay, so the thoughts that sit in the middle spot, they try to stop us from pushing through. And this is kind of how it looks. When we fail, those thoughts try to get us to quit. Oh, don't worry, you weren't very good at that, so you should just quit. You don't need to try that again, right? When we feel insecure, those thoughts ask us if we wanna pull back. When we feel uncomfortable, Those thoughts tell us that it's okay to leave. Those are the thoughts that we need to get rid of. That's the behavior that we need to break, right? So back to the list that I talked about, about, you know, going online, researching a list of how you can build confidence. Yes, we can write down a list of all the steps that we need to take. But sometimes it's helpful to speak to those things that are inside of us that control the blocks so that we can release them. So if we're looking to change this behavior, it's important that we define what confidence really means to us or the value that it creates and that we understand how it impacts our life. So I'll tell you, to me, confidence is feeling secure in your abilities and your beliefs. It's not about boasting. It's not about bragging or tearing other people down. I see it as an action a decision to push through no matter what, to trust yourself and to know with certainty that you belong and that you add value. To me, that embodies confidence. But there are so many of us that are not operating from that place. So I want to talk about how a lack of confidence can impact our life. 
what stands out the most to me is that it impacts our ability to reach our full potential. What do I mean? I'm talking about our entire life, our experiences, our relationships, our earning potential, the careers we go after. It literally weaves its way through every crack because whether we acknowledge it or not, it plays a part in every single thing that we do. So when we start to think about what happened, why am I struggling in this area? Why am I not confident? We have to look at things like self-esteem, doubt, lack of belief, and all these little gems that have been instilled in our thoughts along the way. Some of it could be from childhood, and some of it can be from certain situations that we've been in. So let me give you an example. I'm going to tell you a story about a family member that I have that grew up in a family with multiple kids, but this particular person felt completely invisible in that environment. They didn't feel invested in, they weren't encouraged to explore their own talents, their gifts, they didn't feel supported, they weren't given the reassurance that you know a child needs when they're developing, and most importantly, they didn't feel that they mattered. They developed into an adult that didn't know their value didn't trust themselves, and sought out relationships that looked like and felt like those that they had growing up. They always thought other people were better, were smarter, were more charismatic, and this transferred to all their experiences, what they went for relationship-wise, professionally, socially. And this is the reality for so many people. The thing that I learned watching this is how influential people can be to your life to your thoughts, and to your decision to adopt certain behaviors. As you move through adulthood, you have to be so careful about who you surround yourself with because now you're in charge of who's around you. It's your decision who you decide to let in. You're not a child anymore. And if you're not mindful, you can give the wrong influence a direct link to your self-esteem, and that can really mess you up. A lack of confidence can have you self-obsessing, It can have you thinking people are hyper-focused on your weaknesses or your inabilities, and that can prevent you from contributing. Let me tell you guys, early in my career, I was moving from human resources to legal, and I was going to perform a contract management function. I didn't know anything about contract management, so I knew that I had to take classes. I signed up for this like seven series class, right? The very first class was in D.C., I get to D.C., I'm on my own, you know, it's my first little work trip, (laughs) and everyone in the class was more advanced than I was. Everyone was an attorney, and not only were they an attorney, but they were in aerospace, government, and pharmaceutical. There you go. After the introductions, I just want to put this out there. When we did the intros and everyone had to say what their experience was, I wanted to crawl under the desk. On the break, I call my boss, and I said, there's no way. There's no way I can do this. I have to come home. I picked the wrong class. It's, it's a wrap. And he said to me, you know, you're very smart. If you don't understand what someone is saying, it's one of two things. One, they don't know what the heck they're talking about themselves. Or two, they don't know how to explain it. So I need you to trust yourself and you're not coming home. I went back in and I knew I was in over my head. I knew I was in over my head, but I knew I had to test out. Funny thing happens when you're backed up against a wall. Those are the moments that you make decisions. You're either going to go for it or you're going to fold. Once I knew I couldn't come home, I knew I didn't have any other option but to pass. So what I did is every day after class, 
I wrote down everything that we went through in class. I wrote it down over and over and over for hours all night long till I fell asleep. Day five comes, I pass the test. So I have to say this, even though I had a massive lack of confidence when I started, because everybody was, you know, more advanced than I was, everybody was, you know, a professional attorney and I wasn't. By the time I finished the five-day class, I was confident that I was going to pass because I made the decision. So I have to say, I'm so grateful that he did that because if he didn't, I would have had a completely different experience. I would have left altogether, right? Or I would have shut down. The danger of allowing negative feedback in is that it can impact your feelings about yourself, create a limiting belief. And now you have all these thoughts that are restricting you from being who you're supposed to be. If he would not have given me that positive feedback, if he would not have been firm in his belief in me, I wouldn't have learned that skill that I needed to develop my own confidence. That's what mattered. See, it wasn't about his opinion. He showed me how to develop my own belief in myself, my own confidence. That's what was important because you can't allow yourself to be dragged up and down by someone else's opinion. Think about it like this. Have you ever done something and you did a really good job and all of a sudden you're getting all this praise, you feel amazing, you're feeling validated, right? You feel recognized and you feel confident in that moment because other people are telling you that you did such a good job. Here's where it gets tricky. If we go off of other people's opinions, if we're only building on that and we're not building on our actual belief that we have inside of ourselves, as quickly as we allow them to lift us up, they'll drop us. We can't do that. We can't give people the green light to drop us just as fast. It's not sustainable. And that's not us developing confidence. We have to make sure that deep down inside, we believe in ourselves, in our abilities, and in our contributions, regardless of outside comment, and that we're willing to take the action and try and put ourselves in position to develop confidence. So now that we know it can't come from someone else's opinion, it has to come from inside of us, what's the best way to motivate ourselves to do what we need to do so that we can develop this skill? And I think the best thing to do is to paint the vision. So let's think about what it looks like when we're operating in full confidence. You aren't looking for approval. You aren't looking for validation. You're not looking for anyone from the outside to tell you who you are, what value you bring. The more confident you become, the less fear and anxiety you have when you get into situations that used to make you feel uncertain. Having confidence can improve how you handle setbacks. It can improve how you handle failures because people fail at something. Unfortunately, a lot of us can't go forward. When we fail, our confidence takes a hit. And that's when we have to understand How can I recover? No matter how big the failure, no matter how public it was, because being able to recover, being able to navigate through those setbacks, that simple action of getting back up puts you on the path to growth. And this is what it means when you hear you can learn from your mistakes, right? Think about this space. You're not afraid to speak up. You don't mind being wrong. It's fine to be wrong because that's how you learn. In those moments, you're probably going to be exposed to a different perspective. Think about it from a different angle. Now you have the opportunity to learn something, to spend time with people that add value, that contribute to you and to your journey of achieving confidence. And how about our personal relationships? We didn't even touch on that. 
When we're confident, we feel so much more secure. We don't need to control the other person. We don't need to control the situation. We can relax. We don't take everything so personally. The other thing I noticed here is that when we feel confident, we're able to communicate so much better in our relationships. We can actually say what's on our mind without fear or ego or insecurity. Even when we first meet someone, because our self-esteem isn't so tangled up in being accepted, our thoughts are more about like, you know, are we a good fit, right? I love painting this picture because you're able to start to see how the creation of this space is all about making decisions that you're in charge of that contribute to your desire to develop confidence. The last thing I want to leave you with is we always want to give back. So how can you help other people develop confidence? I'm going to give you five quick steps. One, help them identify their strengths and eliminate their self-criticism because that serves no one. Two, encourage other people to speak up and contribute to scenarios. This could be a work scenario. This could be a personal scenario. But encourage people that are typically shy or refrain from speaking up because they're nervous about, you know, how their contribution is going to be received. You want to encourage them in every opportunity that you have. Three, if you have a close enough relationship, talk to them about visualizing what their life would look like, be like, feel like, if they operated from a place of confidence, just like we just did. Four, give them the platform to grow from their mistakes. Five, remind them to stop looking around and discrediting their contribution. Everyone else is not always smarter or better. Regardless of what they say, help them understand that their contribution is valuable. Someone needs to hear what they have to say. Okay, I think it's very important to say that that the process for developing confidence can be different for everyone. You heard me talk in my first episode about fear and how we can be confident in some areas and then not confident in others, right? We have to keep working on it. Guys, this is a journey. This isn't an overnight event, but working on ourselves and lifting up others at the same time is how we keep it going. Now, I look forward to hearing all of your stories on how you developed your confidence and how you help someone else develop theirs. I'm Kimberly Fields. Thanks for listening. For more of The Fields Effect, check us out at thefieldseffect.com or connect with us on Instagram at The Fields Effect. Guys, click the follow button and lock in with us because sometimes looking at a situation from a different lens can change your whole experience. I'm Kimberly Fields. Thanks for listening.